Hi there, Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using the creative journey as a vehicle for growing more real. Ultimately, what we talk about on the podcast is the human condition and how we're all on a journey from being fragmented and divided within ourselves because of social conditioning and emotional stuff uh, to a place of wholeness, which means connection to ourselves, connection to others, and connection to life itself. Today's episode is an interview with a musician, James Sebastian, basically a rock star in the making. We talk about music in general, the music scene, how we can build community around the art that we do build, the relationship between artists and the people that consume it, and all kinds of amazing, wonderful, philosophical things that emerge from exploring those ideas. So James, thank you so much for your time. Everybody else, hope you get some value out of this episode. If you do, please leave a review or share it with somebody or just open your window and like scream creative status uh, out onto the rooftops or something like that. Either way, here's the interview. Thanks a bunch. Boom. Well, hi there, James. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Creative Status. You're a very musical... Hello, Lee. Hello, hello. You're a very musical individual, and we're going to talk about some of the lessons that you've learned as an artist and how you kind of have a creative process that allows you to purge your emotions and all this kind of stuff. Um, before we get into it, do you feel like introducing yourself, telling people what you're all about and what you want to get out of this conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Ollie. Um, my name's James Sebastian. I'm a musician currently in London, um, sort of churning away as a lot of musicians do, trying to make something of it. Um, and I feel like I've, I've learned a fair bit. You know, I'm, I'm only 22, but I've been doing music for years and years now and going through the industry, getting to London, you kind of learn a fair bit. And I think it'd be very cool to sort of discuss that yeah today. i agree with you what would you say just to get this uh, rolling are some of the main lessons that you have learned like in this short journey that you've been on well it may be a long journey sorry i totally got distracted because something popped up on my computer That's okay. <laughs> the, let, let me just keep it super simple what are some of the main lessons that you have learned you would say that have kind of shaped the man you are becoming if that's you know, I love the I love the drama. Let's soak in the drama. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are some of the lessons? Main main lessons. Um, I think it, the biggest one so far is just persistence is the big thing. I think so many, so many people with immense talent don't think they can do it, and they give up early. They they go for a, a year, and then they don't see the progress that they want to. And then they just think this will never work. Yeah. But if if you look at the track records of so many artists, so many successes in history, it's always it's always persistence and just years and years of slogging away. Yeah. You know, obviously in in the age of TikTok and Instagram, you can technically make it overnight. You know, they always say no one ever makes it overnight. But the 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 best way to success is just to keep on going what does keep you going though like is that kind of um you know there's the myth of the starving artist so sometimes I think yeah we think okay because i'm i'm not as successful as i want to be right now but i am 
a starving artist and like I'm struggling and I'm going through the motions and everything, it is going to work yeah. out one day. Like, how do you keep pushing through that? Like, you must be getting some evidence from life that you are on the right track, or is it really just absolutely? Yeah, like what is it that keeps you going? I think it's 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 a mixture of things. Obviously, um, you know, mainly musicians get into it for the for the joy of making music and performing music. So it, even if you didn't see any success, just you know, writing a song can be so fulfilling, and playing a gig can be so fulfilling, and it doesn't have to be, you know, world changing. But it's sort of I, I think often just standing and looking back to where you've come from is a big thing for for continuing onwards because so much of the time we get kind of lost in the moment and what we're working on in the moment and you sort of forget the progress you've made you know over, over the last five years you kind of you forget all of that because in the moment something's not working and the thing to always remember is you've come so far in five years that the next five years if you keep going the way you have done for the previous few then you're going to be you know twice as far as you are now yeah i think that's really important like when we're in the thick of it like whether it's just the thick of life itself or the thick of the creative process yeah we can't see the forest for the trees coming in like we need this is so true yeah like every so often we do need to stop and just reflect yeah and see like how we have grown how we have changed why do you think so many people do give up is it just a practical thing like they they're not making enough money or something like that or they're not getting the attention that they thought they were going to receive like what's the yeah. main barrier it's probably it's probably a, i mean like with everything it's a it's a mix of things but i think it is the fact that the speed at which uh success can be seen like when we're successful and we look back at it it seems like it was so quick but the process and the journey can often feel very slow when you're on it and i think especially in this day where you know attention spans are in incredibly low and we, you know everyone wants sort of Im immediate immediate sort of fulfillment of things and and everyone often has access to immediate fulfillment of things then the fact that something may take three years four years five years to even see a sign of progression can be really disheartening and people will think well why should i even you know why waste my time on something like that like there's a kind of a misconception that people have i think and you've kind of alluded to it where people they perceive life as just the events so like one day they're gonna have the event of an album coming out or the event of going viral or the event of something but they never really look at the underlying process and i think exactly. yeah if you're not engaged in that process then obviously you're not going to be able to be persistent because the only thing you can persist in is all of those little actions all those little habits that are going to carry you from where you currently are to where you want to be and yeah. do you find that part of you getting the results that you want with like the music stuff that you're doing is actually just dealing with that like the cause and effect almost rather than yeah you know a lot, a lot of musicians a lot of artists in, when they say an hour at least they're very romantic about it and they focus on all of the you know the the performance of it and like the expression of it and all these things that are important but actually that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg and it's all this underlying 
work actually that is going to make the biggest difference do you know yeah absolutely i think you said i think you brought something up really fantastic there which was like the romanticization of of uh, a music career or any sort of creative thing yeah you know pe people think you know i'm gonna play my first gig and then a, on that first gig there'll be a record label executive <laughs> and then they'll sign me and then you know two weeks later i'm hitting number one and the thing is it can be a very romantic you know in, in terms of well in terms of both ways i suppose but it can be very sort of you know wow i'm up on stage and playing to all these people it's amazing but i think you're right the thing that people often forget is that there's such a slog also involved it's not just being up on stage covered in glitter dancing around it's also spending hours each day emailing venues that maybe won't reply uh, emailing management, filming things, editing things, writing the songs, practicing, and all of that can often go sort of hidden from the public. You know, all the public will see is someone playing a show or someone releasing a song, and they'll think, "God, that's a that's a pretty uh, cushy life." You know, that seems quite fun, and it is. It is fun, and it's very fulfilling, but it is also hard work, and that's what people, I think, often get turned off by is is the is how much of a commitment it is like you really need to want it yeah like let's pick this romanticism apart a little bit because i think initially a lot of people when they're attracted to artistic or creative projects it is because of that romance like they think yeah that finally they're gonna gonna get an opportunity to to be seen by the world or to express mm -hmm. something in the world or to stand up and you know be real in the world whatever it is yeah. and because the only way you can actually get results in anything whether it's arts or creativity or business or whatever the only way you can get results is by working with reality itself which is what, <laughs> what we're basically talking about like cause and effect and putting the work in and exertion of effort and all that kind of stuff then a lot of people they end up finding that the projects is eventually going to ask them to question themselves which the original romance was an attempt to escape from do you know what i mean yeah like yeah yeah we romanticize things because it's a way of kind of compensating for our like feelings of shame or whatever it is that's going on inside us or some inner emotional thing ultimately and the work itself is something that can help us to process that stuff but it seems like a lot of people get turned off by that because of the way it asks them to confront themselves i don't know if i've been too uh harsh or critical but have you seen that or have you experienced yeah no i would absolutely agree i think i think the best artists are very in touch with their emotions very honest with themselves like they they know how they feel and they know that to create some of the best work is to is to channel that um obviously that's not always the case because you know there are some fantastic artists who are very good at creating stories and that's you know a separate talent altogether but for artists for for any artist they've got to be in touch with their emotions they've got to understand um themselves and often the art can come from going through that journey of understanding you know they don't need to come fully formed they can kind of uh progress and develop and evolve um you know for example David Bowie, a famous sort of, you know, chameleonic artist, 
And a lot of that was probably him working through whatever he was going through in his life at the time. And it's, it's reflecting that in, in the work he puts out. But it is, I, I think, in terms of anything emotional, it can be scary. It can be scary to dive in and then to bear it to everyone, you know, to not, not just to deal with it yourself and go through it and look at it and see it for what it is, but to then share it with a whole crowd of strangers and hope that they respect it, understand it, enjoy it. That can be a tough thing. I suppose what I was getting at as well, though, is do you think, like, a lot of the romanticism that we've kind of talked about is an attempt not to confront our emotions, but to hide from them. Like, it's almost yeah. like like it's an escape to some degree. And in a way, that kind of ro- romance, it attracts people to artistic or creative projects, but actually it also kills and blocks the creative drives that are going to allow them to make something that's actually real in the way that you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that is very true. That is very true. And I think, I think a lot of, a lot of performance can sort of, this is a slight tangent, but it's, it's sort of in the same ballpark in that a lot of performance and ways that people perform can mask a lot of emotions and a lot of real personality because on stage, an artist might become more of a tool for the song, a more of a, a dispensing machine than the actual emotion. So uh, an example that comes to mind is Freddie Mercury, who on stage, very brash, very confident, very sort of charged, off stage, a very shy, introverted person. And one could argue that when he's on stage, his whole reason to be on that stage is to communicate the songs to the audience he's not being he's not being himself as a person he's not being emotionally truthful he might not he might feel really awful on the day but when he's on that stage he has to show the audience those songs and he has to make them connect with the audience yeah yeah like this is opening up that whole kind of worms around the like the artist versus the person, so to speak. And in in a way, what you just said is really important and it's really true. Like, I remember, like, when we had a pre-chat before the podcast, that's ultimately what we're talking about, right? Like, Absolutely. If if you write a song uh, and uh, it's an expression of some emotional stuff that you're going through, it's, it's allowing you to, like, face those emotions and to deal with them and go through the process of catharsis and all that kind of thing, then by the time you share that song with the world you may no longer be feeling those kind of emotions. But yeah. because those that song basically encapsulates those emotions, then when it goes out into the world, then it's going to trigger those kind of emotions in other people or it's going to trigger other things and allow them to think whatever it is that they need to think and feel whatever it is they need to think based on their stuff because we all interpret art through our own egos and identities and everything anyway. But then if an artist ends up on stage, they may like exactly like you said they may they may not be feeling that song but they want to keep it going for the connection with the audience and absolutely in a way when it gets to that point it's almost like the song or the the piece of art has a life of its own like the yeah yeah the, the artist's job is not to be themselves on the stage in that particular case but to express 
something that they once felt, but not by feeling it, but almost just by poking the fires to keep it going a little bit, if that makes sense. And if that is yeah. true in many cases, then how, what does that tell us about, you know, the artist versus the product that they create versus the uh, person themselves, if there's a connection? There. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I think in that situation, the person, not the person, the artist becomes a brand. So if they're on a tour, if they're on this, you know, year long tour and a gig, they are representing the brand of, you know, which, whatever their artist name is. So it might be Elton John. He, he is Elton John when he's on that stage. And every night he has to deliver what the brand is. You, the thing is, you don't see, you don't see Balenciaga being sad one night and then happy the next. It's consistency. It's that, you know, it's that kind of, it's, it's a timelessness. And that is what they're selling. They're selling, this is a song when it was released. And it is the same song throughout history. And no matter when it's performed, wow. it will be that song. Wow. Yeah. In a way, it's, um, it's a brand promise. Like a brand, Yeah. in many ways, it's just a bunch of promises. And one of them is exactly what like you said about being consistent, delivering an experience and a set of values and all that kind of stuff. So what you just said is actually kind of genius because the, the brand, it brings it all together. Like the art, the person, and the you know, the artist as they show up on stage. So when it comes to you then and your, and your stuff, like what's, what is your brand, I guess? Like how did you dis decide what it was going to be all about? Like how is it an expression of maybe like a higher version of you or something like that? Like I suppose, yeah. actually, what are you trying to do with your brand in that kind of context? Um, I think my brand is, it's, it's basically, it's communicating everything that I enjoy in music it's um the the sort of aesthetic and the style is is very 70s very sort of classic rock classic music I iconic sort of front front men and front women that kind of vibe but i think the music is just whatever excites me just energetic and fun and sort of I, I like I like a timelessness with things like like how you can listen to some fantastic songs from the seventies and they still stand up. I love that kind of element where a song doesn't have to be sort of steeped in the era in which it's created. It can kind of just last. Yeah, in a way. And oh, sorry. yeah, no, go for go for it. Like I I think that is so important. Like that that timelessness. So I think yeah. Like normally on this podcast, I get very philosophical and I always just end up saying the same thing, which is that the human experience is a journey from a state of fragmentation where we kind of split and divided in ourselves and we, we have to move towards wholeness, basically, where we're more connected to who yeah. we really are, more connected to other people and more connected to life. I think the way that we do that is by tapping into the timeless or universal sides of just the human experience. And if we can yeah. do that, we realize that the universal and timeless stuff is the same for every single one of us. But our journey, our journey into it is particular and specific. And I think mm -hmm. that the best art, the best creative projects show us what that timelessness is, but they bring us into it through the unique experience of the artist. Ultimately. And it shows us how, how our experience relates to that. 
And so what you're tapping into is exactly that, right? Like you've got the timelessness of, I guess, energy and just the human experience and all that kind of thing, but you're br bringing people into it with the things that you specifically like based on the things that you've experienced in your life and all that kind of thing. But it's all yeah. about bringing people back to that, that connection, I guess, to themselves and to wholeness. So I guess the question I want to ask is what, what promises are you making for your audience in that, in that kind of a context? So we said like the brand is a bunch of promises. You're bringing people together around a specific timeless sort of energy, let's say. Yeah. There are certain promises that you're making to them by doing that. If I'm not making this too, uh, intellectualized or no absolutely absolutely yeah i think well there's something that i say at the start of every live gig i do and it's uh, you know after the first few songs i'm talking to the audience for the first time i say for the next half hour 45 minutes however long the set is yeah. our job on this stage is to entertain you i want you all to leave completely entertained i want you to go away thinking that was a fantastic show and i think that kind of embodies the brand promise you know not not to sort of yeah. not to be to be vague on it but just entertainment and yeah, yeah, yeah. anything anything i put out music or real instagram reels or tiktoks or any form of content i'm mm. always yeah. just thinking i want people to laugh at this or enjoy the music or think that's a great picture great photo you know any form of the James Sebastian brand that they experience, I want them to go away and think, you know what, I want to see more of that. And it's a, it's a promise of kind of, if they enjoy it, then they will get more of that. And it, kind of crafting this brand based on people's enjoyment of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, in a way, it doesn't have to be that complicated, does it? Like, if you just promise, right, every show yeah. that you come to every piece of content I put out there is going to entertain you, it's going to add value, then that is enough for you to build a real connection with your audience. Precisely. Yeah. Because yeah. when, I'm, when I'm on stage, you know, I'm throwing myself about, I'm sweating, I take my shirt off, I've got glitter on, and I'm like, if all of this is ticking the boxes for people that come and they come back, then I'm going to do that every single time. And I'll do even more if it brings more people, and it's just that commitment to saying, wow. I'm, look, I'm here to perform and you guys, you guys tell me, or, you know, not tell me, but like you guys indicate which things you prefer mm. and we're, we're, we're going to hone this into like the absolute perfect watching experience, listening experience, the whole, the whole shebang. This is a two way relationship, isn't it? Like you're performing for yourself in a way like you get, I'm assuming yeah. like when you're on stage we'll get into it maybe like when you're on stage you're like you're, uh, you're expressing a more real version of yourself or you're expressing sides of yourself that you can always experience but also the audience is kind of giving you feedback about whether or not you should keep following that thread I guess if that makes sense yeah. like the the feedback is like you said if people keep coming back then you found that sweet spot almost. It's like there's a calibration that's constantly taking place. Something yeah, like definitely, definitely. Because, I mean, all artists, any artist, no matter how popular, big or small, the audience, you are accountable to your audience. And it success as, as an artist is always dependent on an audience. Yeah. Obviously, you need people to 
if we're talking music, you need people to listen to your songs. You know, if you're a if you're an actor, you want people to come and watch your things, and it's it's all that kind of. You know, you have to be sort of in sync with your fans and the people that enjoy what you do, and you have to appreciate them and and reach out to them and say, you know, are you liking what's what's coming out? Are you not liking it? What what kind of things are you wanting to hear? And obviously, like with anything in life, you can't please everyone. If you tried to please everyone, you would you would get nothing done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the beauty of the beauty of talking to a fan base and an audience that knows you is they know you. And it's kind of self-explanatory because they know you and they know what you put out and if you deviate from that too far and if you go a bit strange or a bit wild or you have a breakdown or something they're there to kind of pull you back and say yeah. don't worry like wow. we know we know you know we're, we're connected with you in this we listen to the songs that you've put out we know who you are we've seen you perform we know who you are and it doesn't matter that you've you know you've gone and done a strange you know spoken word album or something like that <laughs> you know come, come back come back here and we'll we'll kind of you know, it's it's a collaborative thing at the end yeah, of the day with yeah. an audience. It's actually amazing what you just said. Like, it's a collabor collaboration about shaping and molding you into being the best version of yourself. In a strange, absolutely. Way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They connect with you initially around you know either the entertainment value that you're putting out on stage or something that they connect to in your songs. That sets the tone of the relationship in in relation to the brand promises and all that stuff we were talking about. And if, yeah. you, if you deviate too far from that, they're basically going to call you back to yourself because in a way, yes. let's say, you know, you do like hypothetically, right? You, you have a, a depressive episode or something, like something goes wrong in life and yeah. you end up creating like a spoken word album, like you said, and it's just the, it's the most maudlin, depressing thing you can imagine. It's be, you're feeling sorry for yourself, whatever it is, the audience know that is not who you really are. And the exactly yeah the feedback you would get it's almost going to be like a wake-up call to bring you back to yourself and so yeah that two-way relationship is about them leading you but also you leading them to some extent like initially you're setting the tone of the whole thing the whole community but they they're protecting it they're protecting the boundaries of it basically by the collective feedback that they give you that's really powerful Absolutely. but is there like a fine line? Like, how do you, how do you maintain that relationship whilst maintaining your own integrity and also not pandering to the audience too much? What I mean is, like, some artists, I assume, if that is the dynamic, could end up becoming like people pleasers. You know, like people are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they could become a people pleaser in relation to their audience, and so eventually. The audience might lose respect for them or something because they're pandering too much. There's a sweet spot, I guess, where you're still going in your own direction. You are leading the way, and yes. you're taking them with you. But at the same time, they're giving you feedback about whether that's the direction they want to move in. Something like that. For sure, for sure, because it's not it's not a fine art. Obviously, there are uh, you know numerous albums which are released and critically panned at the time, and then. 20, 30 years later, people look at them and go, actually, this is a fantastic body of work. Um, but I think they they are often more, it's it's because it's sort of ahead of yeah. their time. Yeah. And that's the thing with, with works like that is 
fans will appreciate it, but when they reach a certain point, um, and I think I, I think the thing the thing with a fan base and pandering to it is so much of the time I think people will just appreciate good work, good art, and the thing the thing that comes to mind is uh, Bob Dylan, who went through a bit of a bit of sort of dry creative spell in the late sixties to early seventies, and it, it was it almost the music it didn't sound like he was sort of committed to it it sounded like he sort of he wasn't really in the songs they were sort of half-hearted you know half half written songs and and there wasn't much excitement in the recording then he recorded um an album called blood on the tracks and it was a very much he, he you could tell he was passionate about the songs he had spent a long time recording them he was in the studio doing it for months and months and months and that was it was like for the press they weren't a big fan of it but the audience themselves loved it and i think it's so sort of indicative that if you put in a good performance the audience is going to see that at some point or another they're going to go you know what that's something as opposed to a half-hearted album which will probably never be you know praised at the same degree because there's not anything in there that's going to be seen eventually there was another incident with bob dylan right where he he, play, he went electric or something like that and, uh, yes yeah that's it really yeah yeah something. like maybe that's relevant yeah. as well absolutely that uh, i think it was the newport folk festival of 1965 where he'd released four acoustic albums he was the voice of a generation this whole acoustic thing and then suddenly He's playing electric guitar. He's got a backing band, and uh, one of the audience members, I think they famously they famously shouted "Judas" from wow. the crowd, wow. and it was like, "Wow, that is he's been turned on." Yeah. And I think the prop the problem with that was that the audience hadn't heard the stuff, and they hadn't. It was it was almost a reaction to the brand completely changing. Yeah. If you think about Bob Dylan, you. Th- like you do think folk singer voice of a generation kind of thing and then to suddenly have that you know ripped from under the audience's feet they they kind of it's a shock reaction over the years over the years they completely you know they settled for it and it became you know part of him and he became a much more varied artist but i think at the time when you've built a crowd and an audience and a fan base from a specific brand and then it's such a sort of such a twist such a you know out of left field they're gonna feel slightly you know somewhere between betrayed and just shocked yeah yeah i think it goes back to the promise thing like in a way yeah people they expect certain things from brands blah 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 but also the brands that we love and that we consistently use over the course of our lives our identities are invested in them as well i think so, ah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and, and so, you know, if we think we're like a, a hippie or whatever, listening to acoustic music and chilling out, and then suddenly Bob Dylan wheels out the electric guitar, then it's not just the music that we're concerned about. It's our identity as a whole and like our resist- yeah. resistance to, I suppose, letting go of what we thought we had. And I suppose that yeah. hangs on this question of who owns the art, if that makes sense. Like once you've created something and it's out there, it's no longer just yours, is it? Like it ends up no. becoming this communal thing, and even the original meaning of it 
can become distorted or lost completely because Absolutely, of, of yeah. this identity problem, like everyone's identifying with things. I think, I think in terms of who owns the art, it is whoever listens to it. And that's the difficulty as an artist. But I would say that as well, it's sort of the flip side of the coin. So obviously the artist is completely indebted to the audience and is completely accountable to them. But on the other hand, the audience has to respect that the artist is a creator and you don't you don't want to shoehorn a creator into a sort of safe space you don't you never want them to be in their comfort zone because that's when they make boring music and if we take the bob dylan example he's done four albums of acoustic stuff and he's thinking am i going to do four more albums am i just going to is this literally you know, is this the dead horse I'm going to flog for the rest of my career? But instead, he turns electric, creates a brand new, brand new sort of section of the Bob Dylan brand, and it's the audience's responsibility. And like we said, it's a two-way thing. It's the audience's responsibility to almost give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. and say, "Okay, we're we're invested in you as a brand, as a creator, and we're going to let you yeah. try this new thing." We're going to listen to it. If we enjoy it, then it becomes part of the thing. If we don't, then we're going to let you know, we're, you know, we're not going to enjoy it. And then you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the approval of the audience is a necessary thing for an artist, but they also need to feel, yeah. they, they need to be flexible in their understanding of, of how an artist works. Yeah. There's an element of trust. Like the audience <laughs> has to trust the, the artist yeah. is going to take them where they really need to go, even if yeah. they yeah. can see it. It's almost, there's always an aspirational element to the community that builds around an audience, uh, around yeah. an artist. Like, you, like, your audience that you've built, for example, they probably share a lot of similar aspirations. Like, they might all be, uh, let's make it simple, they might all share certain values, for example, that they want to do something with. Entertainment is an obvious one. Creativity is an obvious one. ETC, ETC. Your job as the leader of that community that's built around you is to take those values in a direction that's going to serve everybody. And yeah. the audience really has to trust you to be able to do that. And it's obviously, if they keep coming back, like you were saying, that's the feedback that the direction you're going in is the right direction for them. And I suppose... You know, eventually that is going to probably involve that your, your sound might have to change, or you might have to go from acoustic to electric or whatever it is. Yeah. Because if yeah. You, if if an artist does stagnate, like you're saying, then there's no longer a community because the community is going to lose direction. And so it, it's for sure something, something there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's something that just came to mind while while we were talking about that was um, the sort of similarity when you said like leader, the leadership of a of a section of a, of a community it kind of reminded me of um a sort of political thing where in in a representative democracy like we've got in like we've got in the uk we elect politicians to represent us for a certain amount of time you know four years five years and and we you know obviously they they are trying to appeal to us and if they appeal to us then we support them but then in supporting them we have to say, okay, you have four years, five years to do 
what you can okay and we're we're giving you that flexibility it's almost a very similar thing with the artists and the audience in terms of you know you you win an audience's support you you know in inverted commas you get elected yes. and then you you have that you know they've given you that time in office in government to 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 be the leader to run the community run the the country however you know whatever analogy fits and then you know you will be re-elected if they if they like what you've done mm. it, it really is that simple it's a great analogy yeah how um like how would you say you might be leading your community like if that you know in the terms we've been using like have you got mm -hmm. a direction that you see yourself taking people in I mean, it might not be a conscious thing but like if you actually step back and break it down is that actually what's going on i think i think so and i think it's it's not necessarily a sort of big direction i think it is it just boils down to that entertainment and that enjoyment and i i love personally i love interacting with audiences after shows i'll always go around and talk to as many people as possible on social media i'll always you know message new followers and and sort of welcome them and have a chat with them and see what music they like and see you know what connections we all have um and i think it just it just breeds a much stronger community um and in terms of the in terms of how that leads into the direction that that we're taking i think as long as as long as i'm enjoying doing it and they're enjoying whatever it is i do cuz I, I never want to nail my del nail myself down to something and say this is the specific genre that I'm going to do. It's more, it's more of an open freedom to say I'm going to create music that I enjoy. As long as you guys also enjoy it, then we've kind of got a fantastic thing going on here. Yeah. If we take it to um, a slightly deeper level than just the entertainment thing, which is go for it, super yeah. valuable in itself. But if if we look at it in terms of just basic human needs, like yeah. What are you providing for people? Because it seems like, like obviously we're all human and we're talking about the universal and the specific and all that the timeless energy that people crave. Really, is it, is it just about a sense of belonging or it's a sense of being, you know, seen by other people or something like that? Like there, there is something deeply human going on. Like even though we, we kind of say, no, it's just a, it's just entertainment or whatever. Like, yeah, it is, it's bigger than just that, isn't it? Absolutely. I think I think in terms of what I want to be to people, what I want to represent to, to people that come and join, I want to just be that that person, that brand, that symbol that's always always there for people. Especially on a on an outreach sort of level. So they might enjoy the music, but I want people to feel comfortable dropping me a message and just saying, you know, just talking talking about whatever they want to talk about i've got you know i've got a few sort of friends on social media who developed from the music and, you know they i met them through them following and saying i like this song and now they're now they're close friends and that's i love that element of it and i think as much as possible i would just want to be on such a connected level yeah. with any fans yeah. so that you know no one ever felt alone i think that would be wonderful yeah. to just be you know a consistent per consistent person consistent individual in someone's everyone's life yeah so so that is 
the direction, I guess, just bringing people together yeah. in a real way. I suppose also, do you think there's an element where, because you're, you're the leader of this community in the language you keep using, like there yeah. are going to be people in the audience, they're kind of looking up to you on that stage, covered in glitter and like going a bit crazy or whatever it is they do. Um, yeah. They want to be like that. And in a way, yeah. you're, you're, they, you're giving them permission in a sense to kind of Absolutely. free themselves yeah. a little bit as well. I think a lot of the time when people, they feel like they don't belong and all that kind of stuff, it's because they are holding back. And so they need somebody who's got the balls, I guess, to just get out there because if they can see somebody else doing it, they can see themselves doing that. For sure. Something like that. It's so... That is so true because I think it's it's I would love to inspire as many people as possible with with my performances with the music because I am I am a confident person and you know it's, that's developed over the years obviously being on stage a lot and talking to tons of different people every every night you know you you sort of know how to talk to large groups of people and how to be yourself in front of large groups of people and be eccentric and flamboyant and not be worried about what people think of you. And it would be, it'd be so wonderful if even just one person sort of saw a show, went away and thought, you know what, I'm actually going to, I'm going to wear what I want and not worry about what people think. I'm going to, you know, walk down the street with glitter on my cheeks and not worry about what people think. It's, I think that'd be such a, a beautiful thing to to have brought about for someone because the confidence is is so fun for me and it's so fun to do that and to to sort of introduce the ability to have that fun for someone else as well would be so cool yeah like you're modeling how to do that it's actually amazing yeah that's all most people want i find they just want to stop caring about things that they know don't matter like stop holding themselves back stop hesitating with yeah. mental blocks and bullshit, basically. So, interesting. So, we've covered a lot of stuff. I'm going to put the onus on you now to try and sum this all up. I don't know if you've got any uh, <laughs> final words of wisdom based on everything we just discussed. And uh, Words of wisdom. Yeah, okay. no pressure. Yeah. Can, can you let people know where they can find you as well, please? And, uh, Absolutely. Listen to your music. Well, I'll, I'll start with that just to, just to get that out of the way. Um, James Sebastian on... Spotify um, at James Seb Music, all lowercase on Instagram and tw- TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. Um, I'm literally everywhere. I've got so much music coming out, new stuff, gigs everywhere across the UK. So please do come and follow. Um, and in terms of words of wisdom, I think the most important thing in terms of music audience artist all of all of what we've discussed is just um understanding yourself and the connection you have to music and it you don't have to have it figured out you don't have to be there yet that's not that's not what's important it's feeling able to go to a show and connect with something and not be afraid to feel a song not be afraid to see what an artist is doing and think i love what they're doing i'm going to go and push for that as well because that's what they're they're trying to entertain you that's all that they're trying to do 
and if they can inspire you as well then that's that's another cherry on top of the cake that's awesome James thank you so much for this conversation so flown by. thank you so much Ollie